Hey everybody, you're listening to the 88th episode of Two Views Movies Podcast on the 2019 version of Hellboy. Wanna ring the bell? Alright. Ding, ding. Hey everyone, it's Garrett with a little interjection here to start the episode. It turns out that Hellboy was so hellishly bad that it affected our audio for this episode. We've been pretty lucky that through 87 episodes, we hadn't really been bitten by the uh, bad technology bug, but it finally crept up and got us on this one. You'll still be able to make heads or tails out of what's going on. You'll still be able to enjoy the episode. You can still understand Carson, but it's just not quite the level of quality that we're used to giving you and we wanted to give you a heads up on that. So all apologies on the audio quality, but still, enjoy the episode. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Two Views Movies Podcast, a spoiler-filled podcast from Kansas City, Missouri, by two guys who love watching movies almost as much as we love arguing about them. I'm Garrett. And I'm Carson. Today's episode is all about the 2019 Hellboy, which I've never seen either of the first two, like we mentioned on on the last episode. You seen either one of them? Yes, I have. This is the Rana Perlman-less Hellboy. Right. So are you... Did you see both of them? Yes, I've seen both of them. Okay. Well, what were your thoughts on those going into it? Well, I don't have any exposure to Hellboy uh, beyond those two movies. So, I mean, I, I was never a, a a Dark Horse Comics person. And I've always thought uh, the idea of Hellboy uh, was good. Um, I hate the name of Hellboy, and so that kind of always turned me off, but I, I really like the idea of, you know, kind of uh, Spawn of Satan, I guess is what we can call him. Is that, that fair? Sure. Uh, I actually is like that... the name Hellboy. I feel like it's just kind of to the point. I don't. I think it's it's lazy. But <laughs> um, I, I, I like the idea, and then fighting for good, and then fighting the temptation to be the the end bringer or whatever they call it. Um, I, I like that mythology that this could have been. Gotcha. Okay. So, uh, but you weren't like in love with the Guillermo del Toro Hellboy. So it's not like you, and you didn't follow the comics. So you're not coming into this as like any sort of Hellboy fanboy. I am definitely not coming into Hellboy fanboy. And, uh, but I did have high hopes for this for, uh, David Harbor. Um, like him in Stranger Things. I liked that they had Rated R labeled all over this. Um, So then I saw the first trailer and I was like, nope, uh, this does not not look good at all. So that's that's how I came into this movie. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I think we were probably in the same boat in that regard that we saw the trailer. Kind of went, eh. And they're like, oh, hey, Rated R. Hmm, okay, maybe. Well, that, that uh, that first poster of him as Hellboy, you know, he looked pretty badass. You know, Agreed. so that that's it got me high hopes, and that was before the uh, the trailer dropped, and then it slowly declined. Right, right. So, despite neither of us being overly interested in it, uh, both of us found ourselves uh, at the theater on opening night at the first showing <laughs> in the local theater. So, uh, that was just out of sheer scheduling coincidence, and not out of a, a desire to rush out and see Hellboy. Well, we have uh, 
We have a podcast to get out, you know? The fans expect it. Right. Have to do our work. <laughs> That's right. That does lead us right into, we have our first sponsor. Our first ever sponsor, and it couldn't be more appropriate, I think. Yeah, it, that's, I mean, it's, are, it's, it's pretty incredible. I, I feel pretty, pretty proud of ourselves after, what, a year and a half of hard work? Yeah, and we are a movie podcast, and what better than a movie theater to be our first sponsor? So we have a sponsorship by the uh, Blue Springs 8, the Miller Theaters there in, uh, in Blue Springs off 7 Highway. It's great for us. It's a family-owned um, family theater. It's they're going through renovations. They've already upgraded two of their theaters to the, the full recliners. So they're renovating the rest of it this summer. They already have a full bar, the, the bar and a lounge area. You can get get a few drinks in your system before you go in. It's a really cool spot. So uh we're we're thankful. We will be uh, uh hopefully podcasting out of there uh soon. And so try to arrange a live podcast there in the in the lobby and uh we're happy to have them as a as a part of our partnership. Yeah, absolutely. It's super exciting. I, I will say that uh, I, I split my time growing up between Lee Summit and a, a little city called Buckner. And when I was at my dad's in Buckner, the Blue Springs 8 was the, the closest there was. So I spent quite a lot of my movie-going um, childhood at the Blue Springs 8. I have not been there since, since the renovations, but I'm excited to, to get back out there. I know you're a little bit closer to the Blue Springs area than I am, but uh, I am interested to go out there and, and give it a shot. Well, it's definitely changed. So the, uh, the the two Lux theaters that they have right now is uh, is head and shoulders above what it what it used to be for sure. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. And the, the fact that you could have walked out of Hellboy and just thrown back some shots uh, to kind of help get over that that would be a huge selling point. It's uh it's very disappointing, I'm sure, for them that Hellboy is our first sponsorship. Um, on their end, so uh, our apologies, but uh, we'll, we'll give, I think we should give you a free one on the on the end. You know, just uh, <laughs> we'll just toss this one for free, and then go from there. Because I'm, I'm sorry, uh, I'm sure as a movie theater, they're well versed in the you know people walking out and be like, I want a refund. That was so bad. So uh, while Hellboy <laughs> maybe not didn't get to that level, they they don't control the product. Their their product is the uh, the nice theater, the convenient seats, all that kind of stuff. So. Uh, it sounds like that uh, exceeded expectations, while the movie uh, certainly did not. Yeah, so we'll, we'll have to go back and uh, and try again. So we'll try again next week, you know, see see how that works. Right, right. Sounds like a, a good place to maybe get a, a second viewing of Avengers in. <laughs> For third or fourth. Oh, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, yeah, thanks to Blue Springs 8. We, uh, it's incredible. Uh, like I said... But we appreciate it. Nothing better than a than a movie theater to sponsor us because uh, I mean that's where we spend all of our time at. Absolutely. All right. Well, let's get into Hellboy then. Uh, letterbox blurb: Hellboy comes to England where he must defeat Nimu. Nimu. I don't remember how you pronounce her name, and I'm not going to stress about it. Uh, Merlin's consort and the Blood Queen. But their battle will bring about the end of the world, a fate he desperately tries to turn away. Directed by Neil Marshall, who did The Descent and Centurion. The cast is David Harbour, Mila Jovovich, Ian McShane, Daniel Day Kim, Sasha Lane, and some others, but I'm just going to call it quits at that because Hellboy doesn't deserve more than that. So let's go. <laughs> so uh, I feel really bad for David Harbour. And the entire second half of the movie, I was watching him uh, specifically thinking, this guy thinks he's in a real movie. And that's that, that hurts my heart. 
But if he watching him watch the final product really, really kills me because that there's no way he could have known what he was getting into. Yeah, so I'll agree with you because I like David Harbour, especially in Stranger Things. He's had a few other roles I like too, and and I agree he was he was trying. He was really trying. I I don't see that. I I don't want it to come off as a knock on the entire rest of the cast because I still feel like Ian McShane was trying and having a little bit of fun. Um, Oh, you could you could throw him in there too. He didn't know what he was getting into either. Yeah, and and Daniel Day Kim is what he is. You know, Sasha Lane. I don't mind her. I, I didn't really mind any of the acting minus Mila Jovovich. Um, it's just the, the writing is so poor. And in David Harbour's case, the editing is so poor that I, I don't even know what, what he was acting against in some scenes, probably nothing. Um, what he was told to say, I don't know if you caught this, but it felt like there was a lot of things where lines were kind of redubbed over them, like where characters weren't really saying what they had said in the film. Um, not usually face on, but they usually do that when a shot to it just, things felt really, really bad bad in this movie editing was awful and i'm not usually one to talk about editing um but not only camera shots but the cutting and the splicing it was so discombobulated that it was it was very distracting and that's not even throwing in the the awful effects on top of that but the editing alone was bad yeah uh you and i saw each other the day after we saw this and you had a really good comment so i'm not going to steal your thunder but uh you know your your comment about the the opening wrestling scene uh, rang rang really true to me. You want to tell them what that is? No, you go ahead. You're you're oh, set, yeah. setting me up great. <laughs> no, I like being quoted. Well, we talked about the editing, and, and to your point, uh, you were like, "Well, they open with a wrestling match, and if you can't edit a wrestling match to any sort of coherence, basically, or in some kind of way that we can follow, like, what hopes do we have for you to do a big action set piece later on in the movie, like?" That should be something that is so basic. And I mean, you didn't say this, but I mean, reading in between the lines, you know, turn on one episode of Raw, right? And you can kind of figure out how they even move the camera around and just do that. But like, it was so chopped up and so terrible in just a confined wrestling scene that you knew every other scene coming was just going to be chopped, you know, all hell. Yeah, you you could have had two actual wrestlers, you know, pull those moves off for the first, you know, minute of that fight and that could have been really cool but yeah. instead they tried to move it around and you couldn't even tell what was going on this right and that's that was my first indication that we're gonna have some issues here yeah so the one thing about that opening scene that threw me off and this is me not knowing hellboy or anything is not only is he kind of revealed to everybody in the crowd but this other wrestler that he's trying to go after turns into a full-fledged bat vampire and i wasn't sure whether the crowd like knew that they lived in a world where these things existed or not so i I couldn't kind of even the crowd's reaction like they were all kind of scared but like okay do you does everybody know who hellboy is does everybody know that vampires are real in this world and you know i was kind of like are they gonna have to get you know mib flashed to not remember this like how I was so confused as to like what kind of world we live in in that opening scene. So in referring back to Ron Perlman, um, in that one, there's been sightings of Hellboy, uh, but they've been all played off as if he doesn't exist. And so, and I don't remember by the second one, if he's quote unquote fully revealed to the world or not, but I know at the beginning of the first one, he's 
they, they have these like Loch Ness monster type, you know, photographs of him jumping above buildings and things like that. Where okay. you can't quite see him and they're like, oh no, he's not really real. It's a fake, it, you know, people, you know, sightings. But they did run away from the vampire, so that's good. They didn't seem to care that he was Hellboy, <laughs> or, may, or, may, or maybe that they thought it was, you know, part of the act. You know, yeah. professional wrestling. The guy dressed up as Hellboy. I, I guess I, I do think that um, it, it threw me off in the sense too that s- since I'd never seen the first two, I figured this was a reboot. But from that scene, and then it even carries through the rest of the movie. I feel like this was less of a reboot and more of maybe like a quarter of a reboot, but still also wanting to be in the world of the first two movies. And again, I, I can't, I don't know because I haven't seen, but it just, it felt lost. And that's, I guess what I, I, why I feel like it still wanted to be tied to the originals. Well, I don't think it's tied to the originals so much as the source material of they're just assuming that, you know, Hellboy and they don't want to rehash from the, the very get go. Like you basically redo the first movie. You know, and yeah. so this one uh, is kind of like, OK, you know, if you know, if you know this guy, then we're not going to beat you over the head with the, the old stuff. And we'll, we'll, we'll throw that in a little bit later just to give you the origin of him. But we're not going to spend much time on it. That's yeah, how I I, that, that's true. I mean, that makes sense. I, I think that I think that was something I had a really big problem with with this movie, not having known anything about it, was that. It, it it almost feels like Hellboy is a secondary character to all the events happening around him. And the only time they ever really address who Hellboy is or what he is or where he came to be is really in that one section in the first act where they look at the magical orb and it literally shows his, you know, coming into being or whatever. But outside of that, the rest of the movie is just things happening to Hellboy and it's more about the things happening to Hellboy than who he is as a character. So I, I went through the whole movie feeling like I didn't really get a good understanding for who he is or why he is what he is. Um, I mean, I could recite his background now, but like, that's just like reading stats off of a card. So that was one of my big, huge problems is I, I thought the, the concept of the character was really fascinating. And I even liked, um, jumping ahead a little bit. I even liked some of the Arthurian ties into his, mythology but those are done so poorly too that i just never could really latch on to it well since you went there um i hated that about him being a descendant of arthur you know i was okay with arthur being at the beginning and him cutting off the head of the blood god or whatever uh I'm, <laughs> yeah I, I, i'm i'm fine with with that and then even him using excalibur later but did he really need to be a descendant of freaking king arthur so yeah, so I, I, I guess I would say I don't care if he's the, actually the direct descendant of Arthur or whatever. I just thought, broadly speaking, um, that there's some sort of tie-in to the world of Merlin and Arthur and Excalibur. Um, that, that's what I thought could have been cool and could have worked out. You know, Did they need to tie him as being a direct blood descendant? No, I, I don't think so. And I, I, I didn't really care one way or the other about that. I just thought conceptually that that was... You know, I thought it was pretty interesting. It was like, oh, okay, well, they could have done something with that, but they, they sure as hell didn't. So when I was when I, when they revealed that, I was like, no way in hell is this his real origin. And so I had to go to to Wiki uh, after the movie, and I guess so. The first two movies was like 2004 and 2008, uh, and so in 2010 they released a new storyline, which basically this movie followed. And this storyline revealed his his heritage of uh, 
being a descendant of King Arthur. And so that's all after the, he didn't have that same background in the first two movies. So that was, that was new. Um, I'd like to know how fans liked that, uh, fans of the comic liked that change, but I, I thought that was awful. Sometimes when you get too deep into the chosen one stuff that it's just, it's dumb. It could just be, you know, this guy that could do cool things. You know, he's already the destroyer, you know, the prophesied destroyer of the world. You don't need him to be freaking King Arthur's grandson or whatever. <laughs> yeah, I agree, agreed. I, I, won't, uh, I won't defend that or pretty much anything about this movie. So uh, I'm fine if they hadn't done that. So Mila, Mila sucked. Sorry. Uh, what do you mean? Like acting and character? Acting. Both? Uh, I mean, the character is what it is, but I think a better actor could have made that that character better. Uh, She was, I I don't know, she was pretty bad. Yeah, she was, but the whole movie is so bad and the writing is so bad across the board that it's hard for me to knock her a lot. I mean, and honestly, Mila Jovovich does not have a lot of good movies. You know, I... I didn't know she was in this. Maybe that's my ignorance, but had I known my expectations for the movie as a whole probably would have dropped down because I would have been thinking, you know, the resident evil franchise. So I, I I get it. She wasn't good, but the writing did her no justice either. Well, this is coming from somebody who's seen every resident evil movie, which which there's some, there's definitely some bad ones, but she's not terrible in them. You know, she was bad in this. This is probably the worst movie I've ever seen. Yeah, like but she I mean, just—it was—it was laughably like. <laughs> well, I'm—I'm I'm, I'm not going to defend her, but like, what can you do with a character who is basically the blood god from Blade that can also crush people with her mind? I guess, but is also severed and reattached for half the movie. Like, I just don't know what you what you want somebody to do with that. It was a lot of how she was delivering. I mean, not great lines, sure, but it definitely delivered poorly. Sure, I feel yeah. like a actor could could do because because Ian did fine. You know, I, I like seeing Ian, and the same writers wrote his lines, and he he dealt with them. And even with uh, David Harbor, now some of them, you know, the jokes didn't always land, but at least he was believable. I didn't sure. believe the blood god. <laughs> Anything that does like. I I was already not liking her character or whatever, but when she slit her hand and the blood went from the tree to her hand, I just went, nope, nope, we're not doing this. <laughs> Steven I mean, Dorff all over again. Yeah, I mean, the blood god almost essentially ruined Blade back in the day, and any kind of inkling that a, a character is going down that path just rubs me the wrong way. <laughs> Did it uh, bother you that that Jen had a, uh, had a British accent? Jen from Lost? Yeah. Um, no, not really, because I honestly just sat there and was like, is he British? I don't remember. Well, that's that's where I spent the most of my, my time when he was talking was, is he normally? Does he normally have an accent? <laughs> I don't know. What did you find out? You know, and I, I, I didn't. But oh. and so then I'm like, is that, I'm pretty sure that's from, he's from Lost. You know, and so I went back and forth, you know, like I'm 99% that's him from Lost. And uh, but maybe it's a guy with a English accent. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> it really threw me off because I hadn't. I never heard anything other than his, um, 
his lost talk, I guess. Oh, yeah. Which may not be his, his real language. Right. But I don't know. It just threw me off. Yeah, no. I, I what what threw me off was the really awful CGI of him transforming into a jaguar. Um, I believe cheetah, but it could be oh. a jaguar. I I read okay. cheetah out of that. Okay, I thought we were actually getting a werewolf, which I was always excited for because I, I just I'm a kind of a sucker for werewolves. But when it turned out to be <laughs> what looked like essentially the Jacksonville Jaguars logo, uh, I was just like, all right, I guess he's a jaguar then. No, I uh, I thought the same thing. I I thought something was coming. I thought he was going to be a werewolf as well, and then he went uh, he went jaguar again. I thought cheetah, but did you notice how he took his shirt off, you know, and then turned into the cat, and then he needed to put his shirt back on because he wasn't a cat anymore. And then the end scene, he is turned into a cat, jumped around, and had his full clothes. <laughs> no. Yeah. His full SWAT gear on when he turned back. No, I didn't catch that. Just little inconsistencies, like where where did his clothes go, and he didn't take them off that time. And yeah. Anyway. Yeah, that some, that about some movie fits. logic there. <laughs> yeah, I mean that shows you how much they were really paying attention in this movie. Yeah, it, it's clear that they they don't pay attention at all. Yeah. Okay, so I I really have to harp on these special effects because. Y- as you should. You know, his David's out there jumping around fighting these these giants and there's clearly nothing there and he's he's trying his his poor little heart out and these things are like I, I don't know what budget constraints they're under or even time constraints but they can't have seen this and thought that turned out well. No, it's not possible. It, it was it was cringy bad like it reminded me of the really bad giant that's in one of the harry potter movies it was just it was so bad and then it was really jittery too like whenever david harbour was clearly running around like you and i talked about this you could tell he was just swinging in front of a green screen and they were telling him yeah you know just you know act like you're punching and we'll fill it in later which is hard to do with the giant right you know if it's a bunch of ninjas or whatever you can you know, put a ninja here and put a ninja there, but with with a giant, it doesn't quite work. Yeah, no, oh god, I mean that that scene was so bad. And then I think that was the first real glimpse of what was in store for this rated R movie. Like before that, I mean, there was maybe some language or something like that, some initial gore in that opening wrestling match scene. But this was the first time where you could tell they were making an all-out effort to be like, okay, here's why we're making this rated R, because and he shoved the big tree limbs through the giant's mouth and blood spewing everywhere, and like that's Doesn't when you blood. knew. Well, well, whatever it was, I don't Computer know. Computer pixels fall out of his mouth. <laughs> right. But yeah, that just set the tone for, oh God, this isn't, I mean, right then was when I mentally checked out of the movie, because so like, there's no way it recovers from this. It's only going to go either stay the same or get worse from this point on because this is this is what they're banking on, right? Like that somebody watches that scene and is like, okay, that's cool enough to redeem maybe some of the other slower parts of the dialogue or the jokes that fall flat. But if you watch that giant fight with that CGI and that nonsense and you if you come away from that and you think that that's a great scene, well, then you're going to love Hellboy. 
But if you see that for what it is, you just know, oh God, we're all, we're done. Well, and, and taking it to the end where the giants are coming out of the ground and, you know, ripping people in half, you know, I feel like that was, again, part of their big payoff scene of you know, people getting impaled and ripping their faces off. And, like, that's what they were trying to get this hard R for. But it mm-hmm. looked so, so bad. Honestly, it made Steppenwolf look good. <laughs> yes. I mean, if we're... If we're talking about like the lowest of the low CGI superhero type movies, I mean, this is one of the worst comic book movies I've seen in recent memory, if not ever. Um, And if we're talking about bad CGI in general, I mean, Steppenwolf is something that we railed on multiple times, you know, in episodes before, not even, not even on our, just our Justice League episode, but this, this was embarrassing. It's all sorts of embarrassing. So we know the excuse now for Steppenwolf is changes and ran out of time right mm-hmm. that was their that was their problem is what they said this i mean was there a rush to get hellboy out i mean could you have delayed it six months or was it the budget that they just didn't have it and they said okay it's in the can let's do it uh i think it had a pretty big budget i i don't know what that budget was i can try to look it up but i, I do know I that it I was saw, really i thought i saw it was only about 50 million Oh, okay, but not hundred million Justice League type budget. But then again, the cast didn't exactly command, you know, Ben Affleck type money. Right. No, that's true. Um, I did think it was pretty funny. So I didn't hear anything Rotten Tomatoes wise or anything until the day this got released, which is usually a big giant red flag. And then I think it was either that day or the next day. So it was either Thursday or Friday of release. There was a Hollywood Reporter article talking about how this whole production was plagued with like fighting and rewrites and all that stuff. So you know that they had to get told like don't run this story too early, but they wanted to get it out early enough. Once like basically once Rotten Tomatoes started coming in at like nine percent, they're like, all right, run the story. <laughs> I saw the uh, yeah, it was what a couple hours before we we went and saw it was uh, the nine percent at Rotten Tomatoes. Like okay. I didn't think it looked great from the trailer, but now, now I'm just curious what we're going to get here. Yeah, I, I didn't really think it would be 9%, but, well, I, I, was, I was wrong. Yeah, it's, it definitely qualifies as that low. These aren't trolls yeah. that are sending it down. That's, <laughs> right, those no, are just moviegoers. Right. Yeah, th- this is legit, legit bad. Um, the, the two other things I wanted to bring up, because, I, I mean, the one or two things I thought were pretty unique from the glimpses I'd seen of the original Hellboys were his big rock fist, whatever you want to call that, and his gun, because I always just remember that for some reason. So I went into this movie thinking that, okay, well, I can't wait to see how he uses this. It's got to be super powerful, whatever. Well, his fist, they make it weak in the first two minutes of the movie. He fights that vampire bat guy, and he hits him with his fist, and it really does nothing. So I was like, great. And now I... You know, I, I don't have any expectations for what this big stone fist can do. So, like, later when he fights the giants, I'm like, well, it better not do anything here because they already established it doesn't do much of anything before. And then when it came to his gun, uh, you know, he didn't shoot it for, like, the whole movie. And then when he shoots it, it's basically just a gun. So I guess I, I left thinking, well, Hellboy's kind of boring. It doesn't really bring anything cool to the table. Yeah, and they, like, they could have had him punch the vampire with the opposite hand for majority of the fight and then land the haymaker, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, I agree. I agree with you there. 
and they do play that up a little bit more in in the first two movies, and then also his gun. He's he's uh, kind of fascinated with his gun in the first movie, but yeah, here is basically just a just a regular gun. Yeah, super disappointing. So I I do have to give them credit though on his costume though. I thought he himself looked amazing. I know David Harbour didn't get that big. No. You know, and he looked seamless. I mean, we're not talking, you know, crappy, you know, Shazam muscles. Like, he looked, <laughs> right. he looked ripped. And kudos to that costume, because he's got to walk out of that studio going, I look freaking badass. <laughs> yeah. You know, on a set. And then the rest of the stuff coming out behind him, you know, there's no way he could have known that it was going to look this bad because he looked freaking awesome. He looks so yeah. much better than Ron Perlman's uh, iteration, I think. Yeah, I agree. Um, having I've seen pictures of the Ron Perlman one, I, even though I haven't seen the movie, and uh, the the costume design of the David Harbor Hellboy and the way it looks on screen was was fantastic. So makeup did their job perfect. I mean, I have zero complaints about the way Hellboy looked. You're right, spot on. Looked massive. Stone fist, horns, you know, long tied back hair. Everything about it was cool. Loved it. The rest of it, not so much. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, the rest of it, not even close. Okay, so my my takeaway gripe is I was really excited for him flying a dragon, looked like through hell during the trailer, uh, with his sword on fire and his horns on, and. I was pretty excited for that. It ended up being a freaking two-minute dream sequence. Yep, they got you. Uh, talk about a kick in the junk, you know, and, and then it wasn't even hell. Apparently that was Earth, and he was fighting good people. It looked like he was slaying demons, and then, was like, then when he snapped out of it, it's like, no, that's him bringing down hellfire onto the Earth. Yeah, right. Trailer guy got you on that one. Got your butt in the seat. He did. And then, yeah. Like that's, that's it. That's a cool scene. Let's put it in there. And then it has nothing to do with the movie. Yeah. Right. Well, and it goes back to like th- this movie over explained too much, but then it, it, it really didn't explain near enough when it needed to. Like on that scene, I know it's just a vision, but yeah, I remember thinking like, whoa, he's in hell and killing demons. But then I was like, well, wait, I guess he's not. And then when he does pull Excalibur for some reason in the movie, it lets, first off, I think his motivation for why he pulls Excalibur is extremely stupid. Um, I mean, poorly explained, stupid. But then it it releases demons into the earth, like for no reason to the audience. We're like, okay, he pulled he pulled the sword, and there's demons on earth now. And he puts the sword, when he gets done with the sword, they all vanish. Like I don't know, just really, really bad. Yeah, did not did not walk us through Excalibur's powers really, other than he had to use that sword to kill her, but it didn't tell us that he'd all of a sudden be mind controlled or whatever. Right. Hell. Yeah. <laughs> no, see, in the, in the first one, I, re- the, I think the coolest part of the, the first movie is when he, the horns grew out and he became, you know, kind of hell spawn, whatever. And so that's when I saw him in this, you know, the horns grew out. And I always like that part. You know, you kind of know what he's going to do, you know, snap out of it or whatever. But, but I, I liked that, that idea and that look you know, mm-hmm. part of the movie, and this did not cap. He just grew him, and then nothing. Didn't even fight anything with it. He just walked around the sword, and then cut her head off. Yep. Not doing <laughs> anything. 
No, no, <laughs> not doing anything with a potentially cool setup. That that's the name of the game for this movie. He talked to the uh, abyss-like ghost of his dad. Yeah, and, uh, I don't I don't even know how to describe that serpent v- vomit ghost. Vomit, I don't know vomit vomit serpent. That was yeah. That was the icing on the cake where they truly gave up by the end yep. of the movie. Yeah. They said, I'm sick of editing. I'm sick of editing these effects here. Here's Ian on a floating glob. <laughs> what did uh what did Colby Mack on Twitter call it? He he said it was the human centipede uh poltergeist. <laughs> right. <laughs> Which threw me off. It, right. Uh, I thought but, there was something in the movie about a human centipede that was in Hellboy. And uh but yes, it did look like a centipede. It, well, it looked like coming out of somebody's mouth. I'll have to bleep that, but that's what it looked like. <laughs> yeah. It, uh, it, I mean, just like the first time they did it, I was like, okay, this is pretty stupid, but it didn't look terrible. I mean, it kind of matched with the rest of the movie, but when Ian did it, <laughs> it was like, just like I did a copy and paste on my phone and just put his face on there. Like, that's yeah. how bad the quality was. Yep. It really was. It was embarrassing. They should have just cut it. Left him dead. Right. He didn't need that little pep talk. <laughs> no. So dumb. So dumb. Yep. Anticlimactic is what it was. They got their they got the cool giants ripping people in half, but Hellboy didn't do anything. Nope. Name of the game. And can we uh give a little tip of the hat to Bebop? Oh God, yeah. And I, I, it took me a split second to to connect that. God, that that thing was stupid. How bad did that look? Like it was that really, was that was like the first. I thought that was like the first. Uh, this looks bad. Like the giants look bad, but the the bebop looked really bad. Yeah, and when he tore the other guys, the humans' vocal cords out and ate them and swallowed them, then he could talk like that guy. Right, his tongue. I thought it was just his tongue. Oh, I, I thought it was like his vocal, whatever. I mean, who writes a scene like that and thinks like this is going to work out well? Like a holy man has to say this. Well, yeah. I think if it's found by God and spirit, I think God would know if the guy was <laughs> nope. using his voice. You know, if, nope. if, that's the, if that's the angle that you're going with. And then Hellboy just breaks the box later. Yeah, the, the other box. <laughs> yeah. You know, like he didn't need to break the law. He just broke the box. Like, that was dumb. Did you notice that? Yes, I, now that you say that, I did. I think I was just, like, phoning phoning it in at that point. But now that you say that, I remember that. Yeah, the last limb, like, throw any punches it or something. Like, you didn't need a holy man to open that box at all. Why didn't Bebop just break the box? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm running out of things to say. Already. Already. Yeah, I'm with you. Let's get to our questions. I am Thor, son of Odin. As long as there is life in my breast, I am running out of things to say. Are you ready? All right. What did you rate it and why? Okay, so I gave this a two. So, and I gave it a two because David Harbour got it to a two. It very easily could be less than a two, but it could be watched comically in the future. I don't know about comically. I don't know that it's got a, that that kind of bad redeeming humor to it. I think it's just bad. 
I, I think it could be that bad. It definitely is going to win a Razzie. Like, there's no doubt in my mind it's going to be one of the worst <laughs> movies of the year. But right. I, but I, I, I creeped it up to a two strictly for for David Harbour. All right. Well, I gave it a one and a what? half, which is pretty much uh, it's really really bad for something that of that caliber that you go see in the theater. One and a half is is real bad. Um, I, I don't disagree with you. I liked David Harbour. I liked Ian McShane uh, partially because he's basically just channeling Frank from Hot Rod uh, as a <laughs> curmudgeon dad, and so that won me over a little bit. So maybe that saved it from not going down to a one because. Usually, once you drop below a two for me, you, your production value—you you just fundamentally got movies wrong. And and yeah, I think this fundamentally got movies wrong. So one and a half for me. So that being said, what is your favorite scene? Uh, you touched on this earlier, um, but when he finally pulls Excalibur out, has nothing to do with actually that. But when he climbs out of the hole and he's got the horns. And the sword, but he's also got that flaming crown, which I thought was just a really, really cool visual-looking thing, which I think was in the trailer and maybe on the poster too. So, um, stylistically, I just I loved the way he looked right there. So that was my favorite moment. Okay, I went with when he's at the table with that witch, let's call her, mm-hmm. and she's eating, and he looks into the pot and he says are these children's hands? Because then I'm like, holy crap, this got really dark. Because then he kind of pans behind him and there's like kids hanging in their kitchen or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and that part, I'm like, here's, here's where we're about to go, go really R. And then they got away from it, like almost immediately. But I was like, the, that like gave me the creeps, mm-hmm. that, that scene right then. Not the, not leading up into that and not, after that, but right then in his realization of these are kids' hands that she's eating. Now, the walking house or whatever that, I mean, yeah. But, but they, the, sitting there at the table, I was like, I bet we're about to be in store for just a different movie. And I was hoping it would flip the switch and the second <laughs> half of the movie would be different. But that, that part really creeped me out. And so I give him, a, give him props for that. Okay, yeah, that's that's fair. You you thought it had a, a potential turning point, and it didn't. It just drove straight off the cliff instead of turning. But that's I get it. <laughs> Absolutely, yes. <laughs> so what's your one change? Uh, you got to get rid of the vomit ghost stuff. I mean, it, there's so much that you could change about this movie, but I felt like that or the giant scene. One of those two had to go, and maybe you at least save yourself a half star just off of taking one of those out. And I, the vomit ghost stuff was just super bad the first time it happened, and then it was one of the worst things I've ever seen the second time it happened. So, um, at the very least, if we're not doing wholesale rewrites and changes, whatever, gotta get rid of the vomit ghost. Well, so I went with just the effects. Am I allowed okay. to do the effects? So I think those scenes are fine if the effects look cool. I, I'm not going to pick you apart on this. There's a laundry list of things that you could... I mean, we're, we're giving this movie one and a half and two. I'm, <laughs> I'm not going to draw a line in the sand on what you could or couldn't change for this movie. Okay, I'm going to go with the, the special effects. Mine, <laughs> Fair. And I'm going to... Dude, is makeup artist in that category? 
Uh, depends. I mean, if you're saying CGI, then no. But I mean, special okay, effects. I'll go, yeah, I'll you go could with argue CGI that. and not special effects because kudos to the the makeup artist. But <laughs> big yeah, crap thumbs down to the uh spe- the uh, CGI. Right. All right. So what's your casting change then? Uh, instead of Bebop, I'd put Rocksteady in there. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> uh. Uh, I got Mila out of there, and uh, I put Angelina Jolie in there. Okay. She has that sinister, evil villain vibe that she could pull off much better than Mila and just step up the quality of this movie quite a bit. See, and that's, I guess the only thing I would say is I would disagree with you because I don't think you could put anybody in there that's going to make any sort of difference in that role. Um, I don't think she was the greatest at all. But I just think that the way this that character is written and the way what they had her doing on screen, it you could put the greatest actor of a generation in there. It's not going to matter. I think Angelina wouldn't settle for crap lines. So whether she's ad libbing or what, she's going to get her performance in. I mean, so she I'm was in on Tomb Raiders. That. It's not like she has the she, greatest she's filmography. Evolved. She's evolved from. <laughs> that was a long time ago. Okay. All right. What about you? What was your casting change? I struggled with this because, like I said, um, I don't think it matters too much who you cast in this movie. So I went with getting David Harbour out of there and going back to Ron Perlman simply because I think I would have had lower expectations had I known that this was just Ron Perlman still in this. I'd have been like, okay, fine, maybe I'll go see it. But like when I saw David Harbour, I was like, yeah, I like him. And they're kind of trying to do something new and maybe I'll really enjoy this Hellboy. So it kind of got my uh, interest peaked. And if it had been Ron Perlman, my interest would not have been peaked. So we talked about this last movie, but it's sort of like instead of trying to make the movie better by recasting, I'm almost just like, this movie's going to suck no matter what you do. So like, let's just back our cast down a little bit. And there's no one happier right now than Ron Perlman that this movie sucks. And, oh, totally. and, the thing, and the thing is, he's trying to take credit for his Hellboy, but it had nothing to do with him. It was 100% the director. Sure. You know, and the budget, for that matter. That, that Ron got a good director, and this was crap. But I think if you take Ian and uh, Harbor and swap them for... But John Hurt and Ron Perlman, those would have been so much better. You know, th- those are the bright stars of this and the the downsides of the originals. And you swap those, and you're good. Yep. I think that but, make a, make a lot of sense from my very limited perspective. Yeah, that's you know Ron Perlman's just loving this the nine percent on because he wanted to do a third one, but I think they're keen on reboot and R and all that stuff. Yep, I think so. So, what award did you give this? I went ahead and gave it the worst theater movie of 2019. And what I mean by that is, I feel like it's the worst movie I will see in the theater in 2019. So you're projecting forward. Yeah. Not just, just so far. You're, yep. you're totally saying for the rest of the year, this is the worst. Yep. Because I just, I know what, uh, w- what kind of movies I usually see. And, you know, for every uh, The Predator and every Hurricane Heist, um, there's probably something every year that, that, that hits that level. And I think this is 
this is at that level. So I, I, I feel pretty confident that this is the worst movie I'll see in theater in 2019. Would you watch this or Hurricane Heist again? I'd rather watch Hurricane Heist. Really? Because that's funny bad. Is <laughs> it? Yes, it is. He he uses hubcaps as like ninja stars in the middle of a hurricane. They there's so there's skulls in the clouds. Like that is very laughable stuff. This just wasn't. I think you're so far removed from Hurricane Heist that I, I agree with you. <laughs> I, 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 I thought you were much. I thought you were formulating an argument there. I think you're so nope. far removed that I agree with you. I yeah yeah. As as I was talking, like nope. I think I'd rather watch Hurricane Heist and the the Destroyer. <laughs> You know, right. again. <laughs> All right, so what'd you give it? I gave it the worst effects in a remake. And so I'm kicking a dead horse here. And, um, you know, that, that's the effects piece that I just can't, that totally ruined the movie for me. And usually in a remake, they're supposed to step up the quality uh, over the original. And this is, this couldn't be worse. And so this is the worst effects in a remake. I gave. <laughs> I, I'm not going to even take the time to, to argue it because I, I see the general logic in that that usually remakes come later which means improved graphics improved effects no reason to be going backwards but somehow this movie did that yeah because sequels go downhill you know sure They're, they don't have quite the budget or whatever and they're just kind of capitalizing on the name but remakes usually you know you're, you're stepping up quality here so this is this is a giant fail <laughs> all right well if you like this movie you would also like what? Just about anything. <laughs> That's a fair statement. <laughs> uh, if you like this one, I went with The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Oh, okay. So you got, uh, which I believe was a comic. Uh, don't quote me on that, but I think that was the source material. And it's superhero-esque. It's more of an ensemble team, which is, I think this is kind of going towards that, you know, with Abe and Chitara and the girl that vomits stuff. Um, but I think, and the effects were really bad in League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, mainly Mr. Hyde. Um, but I think they parallel, but that's a better movie. So I'm going to go with The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Okay, I can see that. That's a, that's a good comparison. What'd you go with? Well... I went with something that I just mentioned a little bit ago. I said The Predator because it's another remake, reboot, like kind of shrug, not really sure. I think it's in the same continuum-ish. I think it's a sequel. Not, yeah, I mean, I think it is too, but like, you, you know what I'm saying? Like, it was, it's so far after the fact. They're clearly trying to, let's call it, let's call it this. They're trying to like re-jumpstart the franchise. And they did it in one of the worst ways imaginable that became a laughably bad movie that was somehow um, almost not even true to the source material and, and almost just ruining it because now I don't want to go watch the original Hellboys and, if, and the Predator actually makes me hate the Predator franchise when I didn't really before, even though there's only one good movie in it. So I guess the way I felt was like, if you watch The Predator, because that's another one where I just laughed at how bad it was and gave it a one and a half when I walked out. If you watch that and you like that, or you watch this trash movie and liked it, like there's got to be some connection there where 
you know the Venn diagram of people who like the Predator <laughs> and like this Hellboy has it, there's some overlap there. So you're, if you're in that, this is for you. You know, and God bless those people because you're really easy to please, and there are a lot of movies for you. You know, if you love those two, and so oh, that that intersection is massive. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. Like, I mean, I guess where I was coming at it from this comparison is like. If you if you were to randomly strike up a conversation with somebody and they were like, oh man, I really loved the Predator. I just thought it was really awesome. I, you know, the Predator dogs were great and all this stuff. I mean, wouldn't you be like, have you seen the new Hellboy? I feel like I feel like you might like the new Hellboy. And have you seen anything on Amazon Prime originals or Netflix originals that have to do with monsters? Because you will have a field day. Right. Exactly. So. I mean, there's obviously not story comparisons in that. It's just mainly, if you like one trash movie, you're probably going to like Like, I guess you summed it up best, which is like, if you liked this movie, you're going to like anything. <laughs> Pretty easy to please. Right. <laughs> oh, I'm so glad to be done talking about Hellboy. I was so annoyed that we had to do this podcast. <laughs> you know, uh, I, I have nothing to say to that. Yeah, you shouldn't. Uh, I'm so happy that we're done. Uh, next week. What are we doing next week? I think it's a t- uh, top five, right? Top five list, yes. We haven't had one Did, for a while. No, I know. Did we settle 100%? I know we've thrown out an idea. I think I think what we're kicking around is top five Marvel MCU moments to get us hyped for Endgame. Okay. Did we land on that? I don't, I don't know. That's what we've thrown out. So the... I, I'm not promising the listeners anything. Um, that's what's been kicked around. But I, I definitely think it should be Marvel-themed to build up the hype for Endgame. We will definitely do a Marvel-themed top five list. That sounds fantastic after this. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that does it for us. Uh, let's see. Usual stuff. You want to talk to us? Find us on Twitter. You can email us at twoviewsmovies at gmail.com. Uh, we're also on Facebook, but the best thing that you can do to help us out is if you're a big fan and supporter, not only tell people about us so that they can uh, join in on the fun, but go out to the podcast store and leave us a rating and a review because that, that helps us out tremendously. So look forward to next week's top five list. We'll catch you next time. What should we do next? Something good? Something bad? Bit of both? Bit of both?